I know the leagues. I know the teams. I know these players. I know this wonderful game called football. It's time for Value Bet. Oh, this is when the cream rises to the top. This is when things get up. The largest sports wagering angles you need to know. Stats, records, rankings, weather. If the goalpost is tilted just a little bit. Value Bet on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. You can bet your children's unborn children's children on these six games. Value Bet. This is America's premier sports information program. Here's Jonathan Hood. Time for Value Bet with me, Jonathan Hood, presented by DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com, use the promo code WMVP. They have got some great deals. NBA futures, college football, NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs, MMA, and so much more. Check it out, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code WMVP to get some savings and some great deals on sports gaming from DraftKings. If you know Value Bet, you know what this is. It's the best plays for our college football Saturday. We'll talk to Gary Seegers from winningcureseverything.com and get his thoughts on this weekend of college football. Listen in closely to how we break down three games plus the rock and chair theory game that you may play or may not play. Let's hear from Gary from Winning Cures Everything in Bet US, right here on Value Bet. And there he is, Gary Seegers from winningcureseverything.com and the Bet US podcast. He's with us here on Value Bet. Gary, it's my pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, what is good, Jay Hood? I am excited, my friend. Another fantastic week of football. Uh, last, uh, you know, we've had firings, we've had all kinds of things happen since last week. So we we got a lot to discuss today. We do have a lot to discuss. Um, first and foremost, I want to get the plugs uh, in in first. In the you know, usually you do these interviews and it's toward the back end. I want them in the front end. I want people to know where to find you on BetUS. Well, that hey, I understand where you're coming from. At Gary WCE on Twitter is the best way to get all of my different content. But I host Winning Cures Everything, which is my own independent show, which means that I can talk about everything on there that includes uh, Conference USA, that includes the Mac, et cetera. You don't normally get them from the big national shows. So I, I do my best to talk about those as much as possible. Along with that, I do host the BetUS College Football Show that's over on BetUS TV. So you can find it at BetUSTV.com, or you can go search out BetUS College Football on YouTube, and you'll be able to find it there. It's every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time for the live show there. So, yeah, both of those, uh, I mean, we put out a ton of content every single week, so it's a lot of fun. And you know my favorite show, right? You know my favorite show. It's the Sunday church session. Oh! Oh, the Sunday service with Gary Seegers is my favorite. Oh, the review 
as we watch everything in college football from 11 a.m. Central to the end of the Hawaii game, possibly if it's on, to 1, one o'clock in the morning, whatever the West Coast game is, and then to turn around and you get up Sunday morning, you turn on Gary Seegers, everything you need to know before the NFL starts, that's my favorite. That's You do that on Sunday mornings. Most certainly, yes. I do it uh, at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, so 9.30 Central. And it, honestly, the timing just made sense to me, right? Because you, you want to go on and get this knocked out before the NFL stuff. You don't want to wait too long into Sunday. Otherwise, it gets kind of drowned out by NFL stuff. Because there are people that watch both sports. While I am a college football savant, I, I tend to only focus on, on college football. Uh, the The idea of going live on Saturday night, while there's still some games to be played, just kind of doesn't make sense to me. And don't get me wrong, and I'm going to name some shows like the Andy Staple Show and uh, the Cover 3 Podcast. Those guys are great. I understand why they do it, because they want to go ahead and get the instant reaction, right, from the biggest games of the day. But to me, I want to soak it all in and be able to sleep on it a little bit, you know, get an idea of exactly, because I'm going to start my prep on Saturday night, but... Sunday morning, I've had a chance to sleep on it, think about it a little bit. I get up early and I prep a little bit. And then I may have a little bit of a different feeling of what the game was that we just saw as opposed to just diving in immediately and giving like a knee-jerk reaction, right? Yeah, it makes sense to me. I need to sleep on some of my bad picks too. That's why I I need your show on Sunday morning to find out why did I do that. So. That's you know a lot of that is is exactly what I was thinking. Like there are times where I've made a bad pick for a night slate game, and I do not want to talk about it. It just as quick as it gets done. So <laughs> I got to sleep on it. I got to think about it for a little bit, and then we move on. So it's Sunday morning. You know, a little bit of a church service going on and, and yes. discussing the college football slate that was. Yes, and uh, and then we dive into it for the rest of the week. Ah, uh, the Sunday service, better known last week as the pregame for Florida and Eastern Washington. All right, so we we'll take a look. It's so ridiculous, but it did happen. Folks, if you're a college football fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Before we get into the picks, Gary, I want to discuss with you the change with Wisconsin and Paul Christ no longer being the head coach there. So I've said this many times when we've had callers or people on social saying that they want their college football coach fired. My Instant retort is, well, who are you going to get that's better? I, I, do, you, do you have some hot coordinator? Are you sure that if you get the hot coordinator that that person can turn things around? I mean, that, that's so few and far in between. Is everyone pining for Urban Meyer again or someone like that that has skins on the wall for their program? For Wisconsin and being in the Midwest, I know what Wisconsin is. Of course, every program wants to have a shot at the national championship. But you also have to know your place. It's not the 80s anymore. It's not the 90s anymore in Nebraska. Notre Dame, and the same thing with Wisconsin. Hey, Paul Christ has a lot of success, but the idea that you feel, well, my our former coach, uh, Bielema, beat us, so we're embarrassed you're fired. You sure you can be able to replace uh, you know, uh, Chris and what he's done. Can you, can you get uh, more wins than what Chris has brought to the table? I don't know who that is would want that job. You know, I, I tend to agree, but I, I will tell you this. The lifeblood of any college football program is going to be uh, the recruiting side, right? And all the stuff that has come out about the fact that they just didn't even have a recruiting staff for basically eight months at last year, that that will absolutely kill your program. And you saw the backslide. You saw what was happening here. Yeah. So I can't say that I don't agree with the, the firing because I, I think once you realize that this is not the guy, you need to go on and, and move on to the next thing. 
they think that they've got a stud with Jim Leonard, and I understand that. He's a young guy. A lot of teams are coming after him to be their head coach, and he has turned away some pretty good opportunities over the last couple of years, from what I understand. But when you look at Paul Christ, yes, he's been super successful, et cetera. You look at that buyout situation, and it drops, you know, he goes from $19 million to, yeah, I'll just take $11 million in a lump sum. There's a lot of questions for me about that. One, if he's not as dedicated to recruiting anymore – and he's willing to take less money, yes, albeit with getting all of it at one time in February as opposed to stretching it out over years and years. It, it kind of says to me, he may not have been super invested in this job anymore. Like, he, he's been doing this for a long time. And no, he hasn't been at Wisconsin forever. Uh, but this man has coached at 10 different places. I mean, he's had 10 different uh, coaching jobs. Not not head coaching jobs, but regardless, he's traveled a lot. He is basically from Madison. So you don't want to leave that place with uh, with a bad taste in their mouth, et cetera. You don't want to demand every penny out of them, all that. You, you want to make your hometown, the place where you live, a comfortable place. You don't want to be on anybody's bad side. And if you're not all that invested in the job, it, this might not have been as much of a firing as it was maybe a mutual thing. Like Wisconsin was ready to move on, and Paul Chris didn't exactly fight it. So I don't think it's a terrible move. Uh, it, I mean, it might be terrible for this season, but I don't know that it's going to get a whole lot better this year. I think you got to start planning for the future now when the Big Ten is moving into the big bucks here in a couple of years. Uh, you you want to set yourself up whenever you no longer have divisions because they are not getting a scheduling advantage moving forward. Uh, this is when you got to hit it right now. So you heard it here first, everybody. Uh, Gary likes Northwestern straight up against Wisconsin on Saturday. All right. So I did not say that. I will, I'll tell you this. Uh, Northwestern, what is going on there is, and I've, I've said this, I think, multiple times on the show. Yes. It is absolutely criminal. Uh, what what they did against Penn State last week is they looked like a competent football team. And, and don't get me wrong, that was in a monsoon, and, and the fumbles and all that kind of situation from uh, from Penn State was certainly helpful to Northwestern. But they didn't make the same mistakes on defense. They didn't make the same mistakes on offense. And if you're not doing that in Big Ten games, why on earth does it look like it against teams like Miami of Ohio and, and Southeast Illinois or, or whatever? I, I forget who the FCS team is. Pardon. But Southern, Southern Illinois, yes. Southern Illinois, there yes. we go. Why are you looking that way against directional schools? This makes no sense to me. So I, I don't understand why. And I, don't, I, I really believe that Jim O'Neill is going to be fired at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's going to be enough. Because I just I don't know what Pat Fitzgerald is doing anymore. I just I don't understand. So I'll be I'll be very curious this weekend to see what Jim Leonard looks like, but also to see what what Fitz's team looks like. I know that you'll get those in the comments on your Bet US show, but you have to tell your viewers and your listeners like Pat Fitzgerald is not going to get fired at, at Northwestern one and two. He'll help with the new stadium. He'll get the hard oh, hat yeah. and he'll he'll get the hammer and build it himself. All right, so that's how firmly entrenched he is with that program. So he's never going anywhere unless he wants to go. You are a hundred percent correct. Yeah, he he will be there forever. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day that was asking, like, "Oh, is he going to be on the hot seat?" I said, "There's no chance he's on the hot no. seat." And well, I mean, he's been there for a long time. Like, you know, do you think maybe he's going to retire? And I said, "This guy's not even fifty. No, he's forty-seven years old." <laughs> and the kid I was talking to said, "Wait, like, but he's had that job for." I said, "Yeah, for like sixteen years. Like, he's he's been there for a long time, but he got the job when he was thirty-one. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's an alum." He loves that school. Like, he ain't going anywhere. 
So I, I would not bank on on Fitz going anywhere, but I think uh, I think the coordinators, uh, certainly O'Neill, I, I would imagine is probably gone. But uh, but we'll see about Bajakin. Well, uh, real quick about Illinois. So. Uh, it surprised everybody around here that Illinois was able to win the way they did, Gary. It's like so we saw we see Illinois as somewhat of a a moribund school as far as trying to be able to get to a point where uh, the team will be a perennial bowl team or anything like that. I mean, with Lovey Smith before him, Lovey would not get off the couch and recruit. That was a problem there. I mean, you you did not uh, take care of Southern Illinois or the St. Louis market and. You know, typical NFL coach decides, well, the kid's going to come to me. No, you got to hustle. That was the problem with Lovey Smith and the reason why he was fired. Uh, and, um, but so with Bielema, how much did that surprise you? And what does that do for the Illinois program? Because we don't expect much, but that was interesting to see the way they beat Wisconsin. You know, it, it's, it, I, I really am curious about what people, like just the casual fans' idea of recruiting is, right? Because you don't have to do a whole lot. All you got to do is go out and actually research these guys and watch them and see who can fit in your system and who you think you can develop. And it's not like you have to go out and get five stars because we don't expect that from Illinois. That's correct. They've done a really good job, uh, Bielema and Ryan Walters. And, of course, this new offensive coordinator, Barry Lunny, uh, who was with Bielema at Arkansas, at like – they, they have got this thing absolutely clicking right now. The offense isn't awesome right now, but it is incredibly competent. And to go along with that stud of a defense, like it, it's incredible. And they have found guys, whether it be through the portal or guys that they are bringing in from high school, that really fit what they want to do schematically. And I'm impressed. I mean, I am highly impressed. I, I thought Illinois had a chance to be good this year. I did not expect this. Like I, I don't know how long Ryan Walters is going to hang out there. Uh, but he, as long as he is, that team is going to be a contender in that division. All right, my friends, take a look at the uh, the picks now for this week in college football here on Value Bet. Let's start first with Notre Dame and BYU. So as I, I texted you over the last weekend, I was surprised at Notre Dame's offense. They outgained North Carolina 576 to 367. Uh, on BYU's standpoint, they forced three turnovers against Utah State. Notre Dame's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, over under 51. How do you see this game? And the way that I'm looking at this uh... – BYU's defense, really good against the pass, uh, terrible against the rush. I mean, they're number 109 in PPA per rush on defense. If if Notre Dame can have some success there, which uh, the success rate is just a massive, massive drop-off. For Notre Dame, it's number 30 on offense, rushing success rate. Uh, For BYU on defense, it's number 115. I mean, it is a vast difference. If Notre Dame can extend drives, keep the ball away from Jaron Hall and company, uh, then, yeah, they're going to have a good chance to, to win this game. But I don't look for them to have a lot of explosive plays or anything like that. They're going to have to sustain these drives. And they hadn't been really good at it. Like That's, that's the biggest issue. Um, they're number 35 in scoring opportunities per game. That's drives inside the opponent's 40-yard line. Uh, but their points per scoring opportunity is only 3.7. That's number 90 in the country. So they don't finish drives. And if you don't score touchdowns here, you could be in trouble especially considering that BYU, it looks like they're going to have all three of their stud wide receivers back this weekend. Uh, that's Cooper and uh, Good Graces, who is uh, Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney. Mm-hmm. So it, this will be the first game that all three of their top three wide receivers have been there. It's not Cooper, it's uh, it's Roberts, excuse me, Chase Roberts. So I, I look at this, my numbers really, 
like BYU in this game. I, I don't know that I still trust uh, Drew Pine yet. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm curious. What are, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame's offense? Considering we've only really seen them, you know, against a, a good to, but not great Cal defense, and then a terrible. North Carolina defense. What, what do you think? Well, I think they're on. I think they're untested. I think that I guess North Carolina that's the best that we've seen. I don't think that they can be able to move the ball as effectively against BYU as they did North Carolina. I think you and I. It's almost a running joke between us about how porous that defense is for North Carolina, where they don't mind beating you sixty to fifty-seven. Uh, so I think in this game, because BYU's defense is stout, I don't think that Notre Dame can move the ball as swiftly. That's why I lean BYU here I, I don't just lean i think byu wins the game outright i mean my yeah. number has them favored by five yeah. uh, and if, if you go and that's for full season stats if you just go based off of the last four weeks say you take out notre dame's uh loss to ohio state and you take out byu's big time win over south florida it still favors byu by two and a half points so i, I really like byu in this spot i think their offense has just kind of you know how we've, we've watched Georgia the last couple of weeks, and you look at it and you know, man, Georgia is so much better than these two teams that they have played. Correct. And you know that when Georgia gets up against an actual challenger, that they're going to look better. I feel like Georgia's bored. I feel like BYU has kind of been bored. Like the game against Utah State, you know, they did what they had to do to win that game, but they didn't really care about that game. They were looking at Notre Dame. This is a big-time program-defining, season-defining win for them, regardless of what Notre Dame's record is. I think they're going to be zeroed in on this game. I think BYU's going to win the game outright. I think BYU wins the game, and then they run into a buzzsaw against Arkansas next week. That's what I see. I think so, too. Yeah, so that's, I think that, so, too. That, yeah, I think that's, so enjoy the game against Notre Dame, but I think Arkansas, that's a whole different step up in class. Okay, so uh, let's move now to USC and Washington State. So it's an interesting um, dynamic here, Gary, because I look at Caleb Williams, the quarterback for USC, and I think that um, we're starting to see some really great things from USC offensively. What I'm uh, looking at with the Trojans, though, is they're 31st against the pass. So I'm seeing balance from this football team that I did not expect right away, but we're seeing it. When you're 31st against the pass, okay, I'll take that. The other side of it, Cam Ward, the quarterback for Washington State, um, I mean, I think that he has been really turning heads as quarterback for that team. USC is a 13-point favorite over under 65-and-a-half. Uh, could you tell me about the ebb and flow of this this week and how the money went? Uh, looking at the – you know what? That's a great question. Got to pull that up right now. Uh, right now we're sitting at da -da -da, 52% of the money on Washington State currently, 58% oh. of the bets uh, as it sits. I – I'll oh. tell you, 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 you brought up USC here, and I'm looking at the numbers. Yes, number three in PPA per pass, Yeah, but they are number 103 in passing success rate allowed. Like it, it, There are questions on this defense, and while they're able to stop the pass, uh, they can't stop the rush at all. They're yes. number 127 in PPA per rush, they're number 114 in rushing success rate allowed. That's where Washington State, I think, is going to be able to uh, have a bit of success on the ground. Uh, because Washington State, while not a, a good running team, they're number 53 in success rate, number 69 PPA per rush. Mm -hmm. uh, for those that don't know, that's predicted points added. So it's a, it's basically an efficiency metric. Um, I look at, I look at this team with Washington State, and I am just thoroughly convinced 
that that their defense is what can win them ball games here. Jake Dickert has done an incredible job with the Cougars' defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're number 37 in PPA per rush, number 32 PPA per pass. The question here and why this line is so interesting, my numbers actually have USC closer to a three-touchdown favorite, but I still like Washington State in this game. Where it could go haywire is the fact that USC is, of course, number one in the country in turnover margin, and Washington State is number 99. Like, it, it is really bad. They uh, they average giving the ball away 2.3 times per game, number 111 in the country. So while I do lean Washington State, like, it's not an official play for me, I, I think that Dickert can certainly keep their guys in the game uh, because USC has got a Super Bowl next week. I mean, they're going to Utah. It looks like college game day is going to be there if Utah and USC both win this weekend. That is the game that's been on the schedule that it, I mean, they've really been looking forward to that one since the preseason. So I I think Washington State keeps this thing close, like certainly within 13 points right now. Um, and that total is 65 and a half. Yeah. Like, I might look at the under. This this feels a whole lot like that Oregon State game. Even if USC is at home, I, I think Washington State can keep this thing close. Um, I believe that is the case for me as well. Which I love is the Gary Seegers tell is he never said he never said with these first two picks up front. I'm not going to play these games. So, sounds like Gary Seegers is da- is down for both of these games so far. I so while while it's not an official play, I'm not telling everybody. Uh, once once we get to Saturday, if this thing hits 14, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm certainly going to take some on Washington State. So I, <laughs> the BYU is an official play for me. Uh, I gave that one out on uh, on the Bet US show. Yeah, this this one Washington State. I'm I'm certainly leaning towards the Cougars, which is crazy considering you know my numbers are just way off on it. Uh, but I I look at these two teams and the strength and the weaknesses. And I, I think uh, I think Washington State's got a good chance here. Red River Shootout with Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, Texas is a nine point favorite over under sixty five. Before I just go into like a, a few notes, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. You know, Gary, this game used to really be fun and, and meant something, but the way Oklahoma played, and, and look, I'm still into the rivalry. I'll watch every snap of this game because it's Texas Oklahoma and it's you know one of the big games that we watch for college football for college football fans it's just the way Oklahoma played against TCU and the way Texas has been playing I I don't know it did, I don't feel the same spark for this game this year than in years past because of course it's about um it's about trying to uh, beat one another. It's about recruiting. It's about fans and everything else. But does it have that same spark for you this year, knowing how <laughs> how Oklahoma kind of rolled over recently? <laughs> I, I mean, obviously not. I mean, it's not it's not the same juice as it was because honestly, this is the first year since two thousand nine that Texas has actually been favored in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's I mean, it's been a long time, and you're always kind of looking to see. Hey, you know, Texas hadn't been good, but you know, they always put up a fight against Oklahoma. Well, now. We got to figure out if Oklahoma is going to put up a fight here. At this rebuild for Brent Venables, it took a drastic turn two weeks ago against Kansas State, and last week just absolutely couldn't get off the mat. I mean, they got walloped when they went down to Dallas Fort Worth. So I, I think when I'm looking at this game, I mean, obviously the numbers are less than what the actual line is because my numbers have it Texas minus four point six. Okay, so. The nine, as it sits, is eight and a half over at BetUS. I think you can find some nines if you like Oklahoma right now. But 
Do you, I mean, what do you think about the, the quarterback situation at Oklahoma? I mean, that's the biggest question in this game is what are they going to do on offense? I mean, I think it's Nick Evers that's going to end up starting here because Davis Bevel was putrid last week against TCU, and it's not like TCU's got a good defense. Well, what I, I, I'm I'm interested. Well, what what I'm thinking is is that you have. Um, you have holes all over this roster. That's what I mean. It's not talking about the talent. It's talking about if you're not sure how you're going to look offensively to help me with the total, um, then on the other side of it, you're allowing 423 points per game. And so if they run the ball, I can't get to the total that I want. And so because uh, I'm used to seeing this Oklahoma team be able to throw it all over the yard and get points. So I, I kind of think that Texas – Straight up is going to win the game, Gary. But I think that Oklahoma, even against Texas, will struggle to be able to get the ball down the field. That's kind of the, the same situation that I'm in. I I don't see a way that Oklahoma can really stay in this game. And and that's that's the crazy part about this is we are not used to Oklahoma being in this position. Right. Uh, but you saw guys just running wide open uh, with TCU last week. And if you don't think Steve Sarkeesian can draw up explosive plays, I mean, you're losing your mind. Quinn Ewers coming back this week, like they are certainly going to find some easy open routes for him to be able to hit in his first game back. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, the, the passing explosive or the well, just explosive play rate is crazy in favor of Texas here. Uh, the passing explosiveness for Oklahoma, they're actually number 45 in the country. When you look at the season-long stats, their rushing explosiveness, even in the first three games, they, they were number 108 in explosive uh, rushing plays allowed. Like, Texas is going to be able to eat all day on that. So uh, Texas's offense is really what to pay attention to. But on, on defense, like, Texas hasn't been bad either. If, if Oklahoma does not have somebody that can complete a pass, they're in a whole lot of trouble. Texas number 30 in PPA per rush defense. They're number 15 in rushing success rate allowed. Like, they are really, really good. Number 45 in offensive line yards allowed. Uh, their defense has been a, a big big surprise and a big upgrade this year. I don't know if that has to do with Gary Patterson or if it's just the second year in the system and you've actually got guys that want to play this year. Uh, but I, I, and this is the scary part, I don't see how Oklahoma stays in the game. So I, I would take Texas by double digits here. Um, there's been some buyback. I mean, this thing got up close to 10 when they announced that Ewers was going to play. Uh, and a lot of, you know, Oklahoma betters, of course, came in, bought that thing back down. It's nine, eight and a half, some spots, eight and a half at Big US. But man, I'd, if I had to lean away, like I'm, I'm certainly going to stay away from this. I might put like some pizza money on Texas, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But, but maybe not. I may just watch this one and just see what happens. You know, it's going to be crazy. You know that that atmosphere is nuts with half the stadium being burnt orange, half the stadium being crimson. I, I would personally stay away from it uh, if I'm suggesting it to people. But I, I kind of think Texas wins this one. They they've been looking for a chance to get up in this series. If you're not going to do it now, I don't know when you will. So, okay, so Texas, their defense against fast-tempo opponents, uh, 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 fast-tempo offenses has been very, very good. I I look at Oklahoma, I think their strength, again, you have the numbers and I do do not, Gary. Don't you think that the Oklahoma, their strength of their team is running the ball with Eric Gray? Is that... Is that what they do best? Because throwing the football, I don't see it. I don't see them being able to do what they used to do for a decade plus, and that's to be able to get the ball down the field for a quick striking offense. Uh, they so their their passing explosiveness on offense, even with 
Uh, a healthy quarterback is number 86 in the country. So okay. uh, they're, they're passing explosive rate, not great. Uh, on uh, As far as the rushing game, I mean, they're number nine in explosive play rate. Yeah. Like Eric Gray yeah. is, is averaging almost seven yards a carry. I think it's like 6.83, something like that. Yeah. Um, they, like their PPA per rush is number seven. Their, uh, their stuff rate allowed is number one, excuse me, number 15. Uh, their offensive line yards is number four in the country. So yes, their, their running game on offense has been really good. The question is, you're going into the strength of that Texas defense at that point, and if Texas just loads up the box and you can't find a play over the top of the defense, how are you going to stop Texas from loading up the box? Like I, I just I don't I don't see how this works out for them. They may hit some plays, um, but man, I I just I don't see it from Oklahoma right now. No. I don't know how they stop anybody. And then if you're one dimensional on offense. Uh, you're in a lot of trouble. Like they with Dylan Gabriel, they were able to hit some plays, right? With without him, I don't know what they do. Well, we did a great job of taking the piss out of the best game in college football on Saturday. <laughs> but but seriously, it does it does not have the fireworks as it once did. Be and and you know what what Longhorns fans are going to say is going to say you know we're back because we beat Oklahoma. But that's that's not the Oklahoma team that I that we have seen over the years. And I will tell you this also is like. You know, I, I I'm trying to figure out if I'm gonna just watch or play this game. I feel like I can just settle back and watch this game because if I asked you what's the value, if I said the uh, you know the total of 65 or whatever, I don't I, I don't even feel confident in that. I think Texas can win without getting to 65, but I don't feel comfortable betting the under on this either. So I I don't know. I, I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. My projected total on it, uh, opponent adjusted is 67.42. So it, it would say to go over, but this does not show that Dylan Gabriel is out for the game, right? Yeah. So if he doesn't play, this ain't the same Oklahoma offense that you've been used to. And I don't know how Lebby gets these guys ready in a week. Like, I just, I don't see it. I don't, I, I can't figure out anything about this game. Uh, I will tell you this about Texas, though. Hey, I know it's not the Oklahoma of old, but any chance you got to take down Oklahoma, you better take advantage of it. Yeah. Like, do what you got to do because you don't beat them all that often. So you better go on and win this one, uh, and then we'll see what it looks like in year two of Brent Venables next year. But, yeah, take take advantage when you got the chance. Rock and chair theorizing game with Kansas against TCU. TCU, the number 17 team in the country, and, and Kansas at number 19. They've got uh, college game day there for the first time ever. Uh, it is TCU, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 68-and-a-half. Uh, the question I would have for you, Gary, is, is there value in the under in this game for you? It, wow, what a question. 68-and-a-half. Uh, no, there's not. Okay, all right. <laughs> there's not. Uh, my projected total on this is, let's see, pull it up on the screen here. Uh, let's see, my projected total is uh, 70. Yeah, and I've got, and I'm going to tell you, I've got TCU by 16 in this. Okay. Like, neither defense is very good. Uh, you can say what you want about Kansas, you know, showing up and, and being able to stop Iowa State, you know, multiple times last week. They they found a way to win a different kind of game, right? Like, they showed that they can do it and all that. And while the Kansas stuff is a lot of fun, this TCU team is absolutely rolling right now. They are so much faster I think I, I saw it. So my buddy Parker uh, that does the BetUS show with me, he used to cover TCU for SB Nation, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, 
he graduated from the school. Like, he's a massive TCU fan. But they – so he knows everything that there is really to know about this team. They've got 11 guys on this team. If uh, if the number's not wrong, I'm going to I'm gonna double-check it in a second. But I think they've got 11 guys that can run faster than 20 miles an hour. <laughs> that is absurd. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Come on. Yeah. It, it, no, it is – they have got so much speed on offense on this team. Like, they are so fast. And this offense is incredibly efficient. I mean, they they play fast. And they they actually are, let's see, number 19 in the country in plays per game. That's number 166. Now, Kansas slows it down a little bit. They're number 64. They do 151.5 plays per game. Uh, Kansas's defense is the problem for me. Like, I, I understand that last week they held uh, Iowa State to – what, 11 points in the game? But Iowa State missed three field goals in that game and shot themselves in the foot numerous times. Yes. We're talking uh, a fumbled punt uh, return. I mean, all kinds of different things that went wrong for Iowa State. Otherwise, this line would probably be closer to double digits. And and yet, there's still a lot of people that, that seem to believe in Kansas. Now, as far as the money goes on this game, you got 65% of the bets on TCU. You got 80% of the money on TCU. And I'm still going to ride with it because I don't think it's enough points. TCU looks like the way, way better option. This is the buyback spot. If you've been tailing Kansas for however long, and I, I certainly did last week because I thought they had the better quarterback, but Iowa State showed that you can slow down Jalen Daniels. And, and they held him to eight carries for nine yards rushing. That's not common with that quarterback. And then on top of that, they held him to only 93 yards passing. That offense did nothing last week. Absolutely nothing, and and just took advantage when they could when Iowa State made mistakes. Like one of their touchdown drives for Kansas last week, I think was twenty yards because of a fumble punt return. I, I just I'm not seeing it with Kansas right now. It's been a fun story. They are a fantastic, fantastic story, and I'm so glad the college game day is going. But I am all over TCU on this one. I mean, I'm in my yeah. rocking chair, just sitting back and sipping some coffee, watching this <laughs> one at 11 a.m. Central on yes. Saturday, yes, and enjoying a blowout here because I think I think TCU is a fantastic football team. Yeah, they're going to blow the doors off of Kansas. There's no doubt yeah, about that's, it. That's how I'm feeling. So, how, now, don't get me wrong. I think Kansas will score points in this. Sure. Uh, but I I think TCU scores a lot more. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> a but, whole but, lot more. But over 70? Hey, yeah, I think I think they could certainly go over, uh, let's see, 68 and a half? Yeah, I think it could go over. Oh, I, I don't – Okay. It's not like the TCU defense is, is just lights out. It's not the Iowa State defense. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to do all of the same things that Iowa State was able to, but especially because they have somewhat of a quick strike offense, right? Like they they can score pretty quick. As far as explosiveness goes, they're number two in the country in pass explosiveness rate. Uh, they are number one in the country in rushing explosiveness. Like they they score quick, so they're going to give the ball back. Kansas will have opportunities, uh, but I just think TCU is going to score more often than not. Uh, when you look at scoring opportunities per game. TCU's number 18, and that's that's drives that get inside the 40-yard line. And then they're number 19 in the country in points per scoring opportunity, 4.91. You look at Kansas' defense, like they, they give up. They're number 82 in scoring opportunities per game given up, and they are number 53 in points per scoring opportunity. Now, that was actually helped a ton by the fact that Iowa State missed three field goals last week. So, yeah, I, I think when, when I look at all of the, the different metrics on this one, like TCU should be favored by double digits, and and everybody just loves this Kansas story. 
I don't know, a 48-13 TCU win still gives, gets my under, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> if they hold Kansas to 13 points, uh, somebody needs to somebody needs to give Joe Gillespie, their defensive coordinator, a head coaching job. Which, by the way, yeah. he's done a pretty good job with this defense. I mean, this defense was awful last year, and that's under Gary Patterson. Mm-hmm. They bring in Joe Gillespie from Tulsa, who has done a magnificent job under Philip Montgomery for a long time, and and he has kind of turned that thing around. Like they are really efficient on defense. The numbers don't necessarily show a ton of it, but yeah, I think. Uh, I think he's done a pretty good job turning this uh, this ball club around. My friend, as always, I appreciate our conversations, and we hope that everyone will be able to be uh, nice and rich off of our uh, our picks uh, today uh, for yes, value bets. Right. Yeah, put some money in your pocket because it's going to be a, still a long college football season to climb. Don't forget BetUS. That's where you can find uh, Gary Seegers at GaryWCE on Twitter and those shows that you have, especially that Sunday Chapel show, boy. After when you go through Saturday and then you've got an ice pack on your head and you're trying to figure out what did I do wrong, Gary will tell you on Sunday mornings. Oh, I will certainly do that. Yeah, you're, you're right at Gary WCE. You can find everything you need to right there. Uh, the Bet U.S. College Football Show, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, Winning Cures Everything three times a week. But the most fun one is, of course, on Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised. You didn't ask me about a, an SEC game this week. I mean, would Tennessee LSU didn't surprise you a little bit. You know, uh, maybe, maybe a line that's under three. Well, you know, you got to keep people guessing. That's why on this show, I mean, that's what they expect from two SEC, you know, apologists. Um, but uh, and, and talking to you, I, I half expected us to talk about the uh, the oldest rivalry in the South. You know, I, I, I thought we were going to talk a little Auburn, Georgia. See if Auburn can keep it within thirty. <laughs> I'm trying to keep listeners. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I didn't bring it up. Listen, uh, Georgia fans don't want to listen to it. Auburn fans certainly don't want to listen to it. No, no I can understand that. Yeah, there's, I can understand it. There's a reason. You got to keep people guessing, Gary. That's how you do that. I saw those games. Like, you know what? Let's let's do a curveball. Let's do a little bit of I a like curveball there. So, and by and by the way, they need more bets. They need to have more plays. That's why they come to you. You see, that's how you we do that. that right. See, you got that right. There's a bet- it's, it's going well this year. Going yeah. well. Hey, by the way, the record update: yes. twenty-two nine and one for me on official plays over on the Bet US site. Wow. And yeah, keep it's not too bad. And pretty good. And keep in mind, these are all HBCU bets that uh, Gary's making. Um, so <laughs> Gary's always <laughs> he's riding high on Morgan State. We appreciate I your time. That. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Anytime, you know the pleasure is always mine, my friend. There it is, Gary Seegers from Value Bet. As we talk college football every week here for Value Bet, brought to you by DraftKings. Use the promo code WMVP. Hey, Cap and J Hood listeners, thanks so much for listening to Value Bet. And as always, hope that you have a great football weekend. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.